and bienvenue, hello, and welcome to the Conjure South Spellcast Podcast, the only conjuring podcast providing royal, intellectual, and traditional hoodoo, root work, and divination, a space highlighting the cultural traditions of hoodoo, and an invitation to all other spiritual systems from around the world. I am your host, Queen Cotalia, the hoodoo queen of the imperial court, Nonamentos de la Ponte. I am joined by my magical co-host, the Madame Aphrodite and the Urban Alchemist. Dans l'épisode aujourd'hui, nous discutons de la connexion au card du tarot. Today's episode, we will discuss connecting to tarot cards. We will then provide divination or some spiritual work to our calling clients or collective listeners to rectify matters with love, money, and other life matters. Je répète, bienvenue to Conjure South Spellcast Podcast. Bonjour, bonjour, comment ça va? Je suis Contalia Benson Meadows de la Livre, um, la reine du de la croix imperial, Meadows de la Livre. I'm Queen Contalia, the Hoodoo Queen of the Imperial Court. Thank you so much for joining. This is the Spellcast Podcast. I am your host with my amazing co-host, the La Madame Aphrodite and the Urban Alchemist. So how is everyone doing today? Bonjour, we are well. How are you, Queen? Super. I am very, very well. I am, as we would say, je suis très occupé. I'm very busy, very, very mm. busy. Madam Aphrodite, how are you? I'm finally on the upside of the mountain. On the upside <laughs> of the mountain. Yes. I'm up. Yes, indeed. So how has your week been, Urban Alchemist? It's been really good. I did a little project. I made some wine. I tried it last year and it turned out pretty good. Yes. Um, but I got some super yeast. So this year should be really nice and alcoholic, like strong. So we're going to enjoy that around Christmas time. And um, I got to celebrate my cancer friend's birthday. So shout out to my beautiful cancers out there. Yes. <laughs> super. Madam Aphrodite, how was your week? My week was very eventful. I had an amazing time. You know, always when I work at Conjure South, I always have an amazing weekend. Yeah. And I tried some new food that didn't kill me. So that's always <laughs> win. Cheers to that. Always <laughs> win. Queen yeah. If we go out to eat, she has to divine before I eat. Because Ooh. last time I didn't listen, they bad look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, follow that guidance. Well, <laughs> all I know is I heard that Madam Aphrodite had a time the other night. <laughs> Mm. She had a time the other night. Um, what does that mean? I'm still hurting. I, <laughs> I looked at myself in the mirror today. Like, did, you, did you recognize yourself? <laughs> <laughs> she said, truth is I'm tired. <laughs> oh, my oh my goodness. No, it's just, you know, whenever all of the madams get together and we do get to see each other. We do try to celebrate a little bit. And so some Fridays or Saturdays when everyone's in, we'll go out and just have a little bit of something. Now, of course, I, a little bit more, you know, reserved. <laughs> Sometimes I'm a bit reserved. Anyway, so yeah, that was that. Sounds fun. Um, I do apologize for all of the noise. I don't know if y'all hear it, but that's Dela literally losing her life I on the other side. Yes. 
she was agreeing about the fun and the she was throwing night. her bones. She was, she was literally throwing her bones. So, um, so there's that. Um, so for moi, um, ce semaine, or Danielle, the, my, my last week, my week, I would say also very eventful, a lot of spiritual work, a lot of prepping for spiritual work this week. Also, I announced my advanced hoodoo three week intensive oh. where I will be teaching graveyard spells and workings. So the prerequisite teaches you about entering the graveyard. It teaches you how to exit the graveyard, things to do while you're in there, things you shouldn't do. Now it's time for us to do the work. So I'm going to teach a variety of spells um, within the graveyard. And then I'll be teaching another class, the second week of the intensive will be um, 42 different edible conjuration herbs mm. that you are able to um, use, not specifically for cooking, but you can eat them. So you can also do that, but you will be able to use them for um, your psychic development or psychic inducing or love work, et cetera, so forth and so on. And then the last class is advanced. Have edibles. Edible? <laughs> well, I like, I like to eat. Yes. Sure. That's what they say now. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> wink, wink. You said you had me at edibles. Um, and then the last is advanced love workings um so we're we're going beyond the oh i'm going to make a love candle but like the types of love working you know reconciliation healing your love attracting a love separating a love maybe dominating a love so there's a variety of different things that we're going to be doing all of those weeks so that's available we're also um i've been doing many interviews for the country south Hoodoo institute so we're getting ready for a graduation coming up in a couple of weeks and then we're starting to interview the new class which yes. is going to be exciting it's a lot it's a lot number four yes this is the fourth class coming through Yay. So we will right. see how that twerks out and works out. Hopefully they'll be giving us legs and hips oh, and <laughs> body, body. <laughs> Go get them, girls. So, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go throw them bones. <laughs> So, so we, um, that's exciting. We have the working weekend, working ritual weekend in September. We're um, gearing up for, I need to check on the tickets because there's only 30 spots. In now, the is this open to the graduates too, or is this just yes, for this is open for everybody? Indoctrinated, like, is there going to no, be no? This will be open, <laughs> this will be no, this will be for the graduates as well, no, the wait. alumni, because. Which mama's teaching things that I don't teach? Jacob will be coming down to teach you how to work with saints. Madam Elias is going to be bringing you um, moon working from a brujeria, a Filipino brujeria avenue or road. Mm -hmm. And then I will be definitely giving the space of helping to develop and to strengthen mediumship abilities, as well as holding a traditional circle. And the um, hoodoo intensive. No, this is the working ritual weekend in September. Right. Okay. Yeah. The hoodoo intensive has graveyard workings, love workings, and um, something else or another. The edibles. Uh, yeah. So there's that. But anyway, so my week has been prepping for a lot of those things, getting the newsletter ready for this up and coming month. Just a lot of 
prep work for the next month, but it's been well worth it. So that's about it for me. But we are here this evening to discuss um, Journey into Tarot. I thought this would be an amazing topic to have Urban Alchemist assist us with or lead with because this is absolutely his forte. This is something he is always a student of, always growing in this space and have done this for a number of years. But before we allow him to take the mic, I wanted to just mention that there are different methods of card reading. Okay. Tarot is one. You have Oracle cards. You have playing cards. There now today, there's like yoga cards and a variety of different types of cards that provide messages to whatever capacity you may or may not need or etc. So there's that. I want to make it clear that because there are many different methods, you can't read playing cards like tarot. You can't read tarot like you do oracle. There's very, very important ways to read them. There's different casts that you can throw, different spreads that you have. And they also look different in the different methods as well. Um, You also have to take into account culture. Culture is very important. And I specifically speak to playing card because the way one reads playing cards in France from back way back when is not the same way they read playing cards in West Africa and absolutely not the way we read them in here in America. And in fact, being on this side of this hemisphere, the way they read playing cards in Haiti is not the way they read cards here in America. So we're on the same side of the hemisphere, but we're in two different spaces. I want to also just communicate that because some people think, oh, card readings, they're all the same, um, you know, or you can just do them all the same. And it's important to to keep this in mind that this is not necessarily the case. But I also know that many people start off their journey and the first thing they do is grab a tarot set. Three days later, they have 30 tarot sets. And I was like, <laughs> which one do I work with? I don't know, etc. And all of those things. So I thought it'd be really, really good to have Urban Alchemist lead us with the discussion of starting your tarot journey and some key points that one may need to know when doing so. So Urban Alchemist, take it away. Yes. Thank you, Queen, for letting me talk about this. I know I love, love, love the tarot. And you never lie because I joined a a group. There was this really popular and very dusty social media influencer who had a, they have a plaque for 100,000 followers. They've had it for quite some time. So they're pretty big. (laughs) It depends on if they paid for those followers or not. Well, you know, I can tell you they've renounced everything that they did to get 100,000 followers and they're still on YouTube. So that's interesting. And yeah, they probably did pay for a good portion of them. I don't know with what money, but anyway, let me stop being shady. I joined the Patreon. What did you say? Oh, I was saying, oh, today's forecast is a cast of shade. shade coming from the shade. <laughs> from, heavy shade. Yes. From <laughs> the long region of, 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 of urban Alchemistville. Yes. Um, so a few of you all know who that was, but they had a Patreon set up and they had three different groups. They had um a tarot group, they had a magic group, and they had a women's group. So I actually started conjuring through joining the magic group as a like offshoot of joining the tarot group. But when I joined the tarot group, there's a bunch of women, a bunch of black women in there. Everybody had 10 decks and couldn't read one. Mm. (laughs) There was one expert who ran the group 
and she was very novice and she was horrible because she had the little bit of experience. She was using it to get all the readings. Everybody's deferring her, but nobody really knew what they were doing. So when I came in, it shook things up because I started just teaching for free and they're like, oh my God, like they got it. That one experience really set the tone for a lot of what I do. And I wrote down five like really quick tips, but I definitely hear your experiences, Quinko and um, Aphrodite, because just learning how tarot is perceived in this era of social media has been disorienting. It's been very enlightening for me. And actually my experience parallels my introduction to hoodoo because hoodoo is new to me. But because I've been reading tarot for 21 years, a lot of the things that you speak about, Queen, are things that I see as far as tarot is concerned. So I'm sure you'll find a lot of relatability as I bring up these. I would like to ask you, you mentioned that the way that tarot is perceived through social media nowadays, how do you feel or how do you see tarot being perceived within the social media and virtual community at this time? That's a great question. The first thing is, it's perceived as any and everybody can do it. Mm. If you can afford a pack of cards, it's like open game. And that's not really the case. Yes, any everybody can experience it, but a tarot deck does not make you a tarot reader. And I feel that's the case with, and Hudu, and um, Queen, you can definitely speak on this. I feel like a lot of people feel that way about hoodoo where they feel like oh this is something anybody can play in mm-hmm. if i light a candle i'm a conjurer if you get it i was literally about saying if i get a candle then it's on and popping it's like no like it was never that way it was never meant to be that and it leads to a lot of fantasy basically you know mm-hmm. you get into the aesthetic you fulfill a fantasy or a need in yourself oh i'm special because i can do this yeah. It's special because I know, but like by de- like literally by design, it was only a select group of people that really were meant to do it. So I think it's given a lot of people access to something that really was never meant to be that widespread, which has its good and bad qualities. What do you say to that, Quinn? <laughs> I I agree with you. Um, you know, it goes back to the thing that I always say: truth and facts. Sound like hate to those that hate truth and facts. Mm-hmm. So people are gonna hear this and be like, oh no, da 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 da. No, it's absolutely true. Whether it's tarot or or um, divining versus conjuring, etc. Um, you absolutely do have it where people think because you can buy a book, light candles, lay down some dirts because you mixed it up with X, Y, and Z, that that's what it takes to be a conjurer. But no, that's not what it takes. Everyone isn't magical. Yes, you can learn about magic, but it doesn't make you magical. You can educate yourself on it, but it doesn't make you magical. You can light all the candles and do all the rituals. It doesn't make you magical. Right. To be gifted with the ability to conjure, I'm speaking to conjuration of hoodoo, et cetera, mm-hmm. is an inherited thing. There are many magical families and lineages throughout the world. Um, I'm very certain of that. But just because someone and, and, and those families, those few families are the families within those civilizations, communities where people went to get work done. Right. Those that went to get work done were practitioners because they had work done. They were not workers because they were doing work because they did not do the work. Right. The work was done, right. was fixed. And so is I feel it's the same with when it comes to tarot or just I, and I, you know, I teach bone throwing. I teach playing card readings and a variety of other different different divination methods. Mm -hmm. And I make it clear. Anybody can learn. If you have a brain, 
you can learn right. to do it, but this does not mean, and I think this goes back to what you're saying, like just because you can understand the, the definitions and doesn't make you a tarot reader, it does not give, because you now know what the cards mean and what they say, it does not give you purpose to read for others. Um, it does not give you the anointing or gift to see beyond the definition. Right. I love to bake cakes. I've never baked a cake for a wedding and I probably yes. never will. <laughs> what you said, Queen, is like being a diviner, period. That's like a calling. So it doesn't matter the medium necessarily. If you're a diviner, then you have that special skill set and the special abilities. Not to brag, but when I took my bone reading class, you know, it was clear that I was a diviner mm. when I did my divining because so it's a difference. That's my only point. And what's really, going back to your initial question, Queen, what really stands out on social media is people pick these things up and there's something about the spirit in which you perceive something which determines how you do it. If you pick it up to make money, if you pick it up to impress friends, if you pick it up to feel spiritual, those are all like not the right reason. Um, I say with tarot, you need to have a sense of wonder. You need to have respect and awe because any of those other things are going to like just mess up your experience. So, you know, the spirit in which you pursue something really does determine a lot you know if you pick up conjuring you just want to make money you're going to hit a wall very quickly because that's just not the extent of what conjuring does it's not what it was intended for that's not mm -hmm. how it works can you make money through conjuring absolutely but that can't be the sole driving motivation yes. motivating force mm -hmm. so my first little tip is you all take your time queen will say that for hoodoo right take your time oh yeah i mean <laughs> it is it is the way I mentioned this the other day on, on IG. A girl asked me, I'm, I'm trying to get into hoodoo. I'm, I've gotten into my family ancestry and I want to know how do I, I can't remember the exact words, but it was like, how do I insert or how do I place hoodoo in my, in my life? I want hoodoo to be a part of my daily life. And the truth is, most people, when they're saying this and they want it to be a part of their life, is not the hoodoo that you right. want to be a part of your life because that's not something you can choose to be a part of your life. It is a part of the culture. But if you are not gifted as a conjurer, it can't be a part of your life. Mm -hmm. But the customs and traditions can. Right. You know, and because these are customs, because these are traditions, it's a it's the way that you live. So as long as life is living, as long as breath is being circulated throughout your body, throughout your family's body, etc., you need to take that time to accelerate. And I'll tell you, y'all, you can study as much as you want and so you can gather all the information. It will make zero difference in right. your journey if it's not for you, number one. But also when you when you begin to spiritually hoard, you don't even know what to do. Right. And let me ask you this, Urban Alchemist. Do you feel that people run into this wall with, with tarot where they're watching Urban Alchemist read his cards, but then they go and listen to knit net paddywhack on YouTube. Then they go read this book from sister mama so-and-so. And then Queen <laughs> Bat Scorpion Girl has her new article out. And so now it's all of this information on tarot and it's just all this information being held, but you now don't have any direction. No, you're all over the place. And it's yes. like, some people say fast is slow and slow is fast. And mm -hmm. what that means is you're trying to do everything really quickly. You're not going to get anywhere. Like you're going to end up like Queen said, or like the people in my group where you got 10 decks and you can't read one. Because mm -hmm. you haven't one committed. Card. You haven't, exactly. You haven't <laughs> committed to one. And we have this materialistic urge, especially in the United States, where we want to buy everything. We want to have the best of everything. 
And that's not the way to get anywhere. If you would, as, as I'll advise you in the next few notes, if you would take your time, you can get further because in anything, in anything, it's better to have a methodical approach than to just jump out there. You know what I'm saying? Like it's better to systematically go through things to experience things. And that's how you get further. So yes, Queen, I totally agree. Like if you're going to follow somebody, choose one person, choose a second, maybe for contrast. But I mean, you can't do everything and expect to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. When I said take your time, y'all, first of all, a lot of things I'm going to say are, they sound very basic, but guess what's getting messed up? <laughs> the basics. <laughs> So, and also the things I recommend, I know y'all aren't going to do. I know you're not going to do, but truth be told, looking back, this is what I would advise myself to do. So like really consider what I'm saying and don't assume you know it all, like really listen. Because one other thing about what Queen said is if you follow this, that, and that third person, y'all, I'd say like 95%, maybe even higher of people who are out there don't even know, like they literally don't know what they're doing. And it relates to Queen in that way, because like 95% of people that claim that they know hoodoo or whatever, they really don't know down to the core mm-hmm. what it is. They may know a few things, but y'all, there's a lot of McDonald's on the Roos Chris budget out there. Yes, indeed. There's a lot of um, Yellow Belt, a lot of Suzuki, a lot of um, Sandbox readings. Yes, indeed. You know? <laughs> so, yes. All right, anyway. Anyway, let me get to the point. I'm drawn out. So, y'all, I wouldn't do predictions for the first year in Tarot. I would not predict. What are you predicting when you don't know the system? I would not touch the major arcana. So if you're familiar with Tarot, there's a major and a minor arcana. The majors are big cards like the Lovers, the Hangman, blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't even go near the majors. You got to master the minors first. Aphrodite, I know that you read Tarot too. Like, what do you think when I say no predictions for the first year and no major arcana? Um, well, with me, because it can be so overwhelming. Well, before you answer that, um, Madam Aphrodite, Urban Alchemist, for these individuals that are listening, could you express the difference between the major arcana and the minor arcana? So in tarot, the structure is you have the you have two arcana. Arcanum means mystery in Latin or secret. So you have the major secrets and you have the minor secrets. So the the arcana is the plural. Arcana that gets more attention are the major arcana. And there tends to be a lot written about them and stuff, but they're major secrets. So why would you start with the majors before the minors? The minors are like a regular deck of playing cards, which we're all familiar with. The majors are the addition of 22 more cards. Why not start with the minors, things that are familiar, that are less daunting, and experience those, and then work your way into the majors? You know, I played cello growing up. I know you did. You played, a, was it viola after Aphrodite? Say that one more time. Was it viola or violin that you played growing up? Violin. Violin. So, you know, our first concert, we weren't using our bow, which is, the, you know, the stick that you play mm-hmm. the string with. It was pizzicato. We were plucking the strings. Pluck, 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 <laughs> pluck, 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 Because that's how you start. That's the fundamentals. You got to work your way into the stuff. You know, there's there's a sequence to needs to be followed. So, um, yes, after Aphrodite, what do you think when I say that? Like, do you agree? Um, or? Well, it's, it's so funny because, like, only in my experience, it's, it's just my style of learning. When it came to, like, the major arcana, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many more minor arcana like you have to go through everyone then it's numbers you have to go through so for me the major arcana it was it was a lot of information but it was simple in a sense because it's like oh boom sun or strength or devil right Mm -hmm. and then you know versus going through like two of cups five of cups eight of wands 
10 of wands, you know, things like that. But for me, when it came to like reading for people and like getting like into like to the meat of potatoes of conversations, I literally only stuck with like three people, like just Mm -hmm. three people religiously. And like every other month or, you know, whenever they would need something, I would do it with them. I would read cards with them. Um, it wasn't something that I just offered to everyone. And you know, like, oh, am I gonna, you know, win the lottery? And like, I don't, that's not how that works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not how that works, but okay. No, like, I understand what you're saying. I I only stuck with three people and I kept it like in a small circle um, until I had a full understanding as well. So, no. Right. And the people that you read for is really important because you want to build confidence when you read, you don't, you know, that's a whole other subject that I thought about. <laughs> For me, giving recommendations, looking back, start with a minor and really pace yourself. You know, we want to do it all out the gate. But the thing is, a reading is comprised of so many parts and doing a full reading is putting all those things together. And that gets really confusing really quickly. So the next thing is, y'all heard me say this before, documentation, documentation. Keep a journal, a tarot journal. Queen, when I mentioned keeping a journal, how how would you think to keep a journal? I know you've done Hoodoo playing cards and other different have you kept journals for those and how those looked? Again, so let me just give it to <laughs> people so they understand my response. So as we began this whole podcast from the very beginning, as I told people, my relationship to this is different than most because being queen of my lineage and growing up how I grew up, it was very different. In our household, in our in, in the court, if you were not gifted as a seer, meaning psychic, medium, or any of those things, you were not permitted or approved to read for anyone else. Our first introduction to cards growing up are in the first grade, Mm -hmm. but we learned to use them as an exercise that I taught you that you showed, I think your nephews and those things, but we did not, we don't need cards. Mm -hmm. We don't need cards. No matter you can, it's just what it is. So for us, when it comes to the space of seership, the journals were kept and notes were kept because of the different messages that came to us and how they came to us, um, depending on what those were, the different omens that showed up and all of those things and how important those things are and were. So that's, that so a journal was kept into that capacity, but I will also mention this because I don't I, I don't mention this often, but I actually um attempted to do tarot and read tarot for one in my younger years, but my issue with tarot, and I don't know if this is your issue with tarot, or I don't you may have an issue with tarot because you love it. Um, but this <laughs> may be but this may be the issue with other people where it may get confusing. And that is the personal interpretation of the card. You know, well, I perceive it to be this way, or I think it's like this, or I I interpret it this way. Because I hear people, first of all, I'm going to tell you this as a reader, don't say that. Do not say what well, I interpret it. It's not right. about you. You it's don't. Not you. <laughs> it's not about how you interpret it. It is what is on this card. This card Mm -hmm. means. And so a lot of people, because they don't want to take their time, which you've already mentioned. Exactly. They want to interpret it to their feelings and their thoughts. But I know for me, the, the, the reason Tara was difficult for me was because my eyes, my senses were 
connected to traditional hoodoo, omens, signs, messages, symbols, etc. So when I'm looking at this car that was not built from our culture, these symbols don't necessarily resonate with me. Because if I see a snake, I'm immediately going to say, well, what color is it? Is it black or is it red? Because that has a significance in our culture. But this card that may have a red and black snake may mean something completely different. So I think it is absolutely important that people do keep a journal because just like with any spirit or medium, it is your relationship with your with your set, with your deck. Exactly. It's that thing. So you need to learn how you converse with your medium, whether it's cards, bones, runes, whatever it is. And so if you don't know your language, then how can you communicate to yourself less long somebody else. So a journal is incredibly vital, I do believe. Exactly. And the reason I'm suggesting journal is for those reasons, you know, we may not be going into tarot as a seer. You're probably not. And the truth of the matter is, this is divination. I'm big on, we've talked about before, but like distinguishing between your seership and your divination. Mm -hmm. A lot of people mix the two together and they don't see a distinction. Exactly. And I'm not about that life, like personally, because Mm -hmm. I'm a purist when it comes to tarot and it should be about, like, I'm telling you this deep into my tarot study, my 21 years, that I'm going back to the divination of it all. Because if you divine, you don't have to do the work of intuition and seership because it's just there on the card. It's right there. Exactly. It's right there in front of you. It's still like... Exactly. Yeah. And then you need to be able to learn the omens, just like you said about your hoodoo journey. So mm-hmm. if you're not logging and documenting every day, which you don't have any system of omens to go to. So the point of a journal is... Now, you let me know, you, I do mm-hmm. apologize just the thought crossed my mind is like it's the same thing as either going oh my gosh Jupiter is conjuncting Venus but I interpret it this way it doesn't matter what you interpret it's, it doesn't. It means this you know well my intuition says it's not about your intuition it means this but I will say this Urban Alchemist because you mentioned mm-hmm. this one time before on another podcast mm-hmm. um, you were seeing how you know, do the spirits speak to you when you're divining or whatever else? And you're like, no, when I'm divining, I am solely using cards because it's there. When I give my spiritual consultations, Mm -hmm. people will purchase a card consultation. The intention is to give them a card consultation. But because I'm a natural medium first, the dead Mm -hmm. is going to talk to me. Mm -hmm. And so I am going to more than likely sit my cards off to the side Or the way that I was told growing up was because these spirits are present, understand that they are guiding your reading. Yeah. You know, these are their words to you, but but these are their words to you, but these words are on the cards. It's not, oh, I show you the devil, but they're saying that this is a bad meal that you shouldn't. (laughs) Okay. Like, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Like you need to know the you need to know the parts, and this gets into beyond reading because people think it's just the reading part. But there's a professionalism part where you need to understand the mechanics of what you do and the soft skills as well. How are you delivering the message? Are you summarizing at the end? Are you blah blah blah? So for you, Queen, you know that I'm a seer and a med- and a um, diviner. 
and I received messages both ways. So you know when you're getting messages from spirit Mm -hmm. and you know what that's like and how to conduct yourself. Other people don't really distinguish. They just throw everything in the pot. You know, and being a professional means you understand the mechanics and the different parts of what you're doing. And you are conducting that whole process. So yeah. And let me and let me make this mm-hmm. part clear, please. Urban Alchemist is mentioning being a professional, but understand exactly. that being professional is not the same as you living in your purpose. Yeah. That's okay. True. Because many people think, well, if I'm a professional, then this is what I should be doing. No, because you can make it your profession mm-hmm. and pay your bills. It does not make it your purpose. See, there are some that are, (laughs) pardon? I said, that is the truth. Yes. So the difference between, for example, going back to conjuration within hoodoo, a practitioner may utilize tools and things that are fixed for a particular situation, but a worker was divinely designed to be on this earth to work for others. As a seer as an anointed seer you were conceived to see for either yourself your family you have a purpose in this not a profession in this right so for example growing up people come to us for peas and and we would and we we would trade out snap peas and eggs and chickens <laughs> and all kinds of things Uh, And it wasn't so much of, oh, call me now and all of these things. It was more of this is what my community needed. You had a purpose in your community or a purpose in your family because your purpose isn't always this big, grand, magnificent, marvelous high profile thing It's not always that. But people need to understand that when you say professional as a business, as a right. business, you need to think about these this particular point, mm-hmm. okay? But as a purpose, guess what? That's going to happen naturally because it was designed for you and you for it. Absolutely. When you're documenting, this is how you keep a journal. Start with just the numbers. One, that's one page. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Those are all pages in your journal. Start with cups, wands, Swords, pentacles, those are all pages in your journal. Then you're going to go through the cards. Ooh, magician, high priestess, all the way through to the Ten of Pentacles. Then you're going to go through and you're going to start your law. So every day I would recommend draw a card. I would separate the majors out for the first year and just keep the minors. Draw a card and just look at that card at the end of the day and see how it showed up. We're not predicting anything. You're just documenting. Oh, well, today I had the Three of Cups and I went to a party. Great. Do that for a year and transfer those things from the day to the page that you're on. Three of Cups. So after you get Three of Cups a couple of times, well, I had a party this day and then I watched Real Housewives of Atlanta with my friends this day and blah, blah, blah. And soon enough, you're going to have to have built a profile for the card based on your own experiences, not what somebody told you the traditional meaning was or whatever, which those tra- traditional meanings are correct, but you have not lived those things. So they mean nothing to you. Mm-hmm. But when you're sitting down with a client and you're like, look, I have a feeling like you're going to be very social today and I may end up being kind of messy because of the crowd. They may say, I recognize that or I don't. And it doesn't matter because if they recognize it or not, because you've lived it. 
So you can say it with authority. Yeah, you're going to be building your own profile of the cards. I would say work the fundamentals. Too many people are reliant on the images on the cards. And to be honest, those images weren't even added to like the 1920s. Tarot's been around since at least the 1500s. Thank you. So what... Yeah, what were people doing before then? They weren't looking at the card. If you could just say the meaning of the card based on the image, like, you're really not doing anything. Like, they could do that themselves. So, like, when I say work on the fundamentals, you can literally use just a number and the element to come up with a meaning. So, Queen or Afro, would you like to be a guinea pig? And I think we're going to wrap it because we're towards the end of the um, episode. Would either of you like to be a guinea pig for a reading? Sure. Okay, Afro Runa region. And I'm just going to use two number cards. So the first two number cards that come up are, ooh, this is going to be fun right here. Okay. The three of cups reverse and the three of coins reverse. So, Queen, what do threes mean to you? Well, three has us, I mean, if I had to, you see, it's so difficult because when you say three, I immediately go to the three of diamonds, three of, you know, the playing ooh, card. Just a, num- just a number three. The number three for me, I'm not really a numbers girl, to be honest. But if I if I had to, if I had to, mm-hmm. let's just go with 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 what most people are gonna say. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. Trinity, right. Three's company. Yeah, could be company. Three's a party, third parties. Yeah. Three is um the number for me, three is balance because you have the two opposing forces. And then you have that third thing, which stabilizes or neutralizes. So mm-hmm. a lot of people say that two is the number of balance and that's wrong is three. Um, and so you got three. Now you got now out of all of the numbers, we're, going, we're talking one through nine and then 10 is just one repeated, but amplified. So out of all the numbers, you got three. So three is very important. You got it twice. So that double emphasizes. So we're talking about a crowd of people. We're talking about third parties. Now, where does three fall on the spectrum between one and nine? It Is falls this a rhetorical question? No, where does it fall on the spectrum between one and nine? It's more towards the beginning, right? Yes, absolutely. So we're, t- we're talking about things starting. Three is also like mother, father, child. So it's things being created. Things starting, things being created, things, people coming together. So, you know, you can read not just a number. Where is it in the sequence? Which numbers aren't present? This one is doubly present. So we're really talking about this three energy. Now let's look at the elements. We got cups. We got pentacles. Cups represent water. Pentacles represent earth. Are water and earth friendly? If you're trying to make mud pies. <laughs> or if you're trying to grow stuff, whatever. <laughs> water and earth are friendly. They're more friendly than um, fire and air. You know, water and so you got yeah. friendly elements together. We got the creation of something. So friendly elements creating something together. We're at the beginning. This is good vibes. But then they're both reversed. So we're mm-hmm. seeing some sort of disruption in a friendly encounter and creation. We're not looking at images on the card yet. We're just reading the elements. And we understand how these numbers interact. What if each number was a different spirit? You know, it's not just a number, but each one is a certain type of Spirit, three is going to be one of togetherness, creation, friendly, um, you know, fertility. And then if you look at the elements, you can derive a meaning of the card. And that way you're not relying on what you think the picture says. This is tarot reading and it's most fundamental level. And there's so many more layers you can go into. But just by reading those little things, you can already derive meanings. And then we could, if we had time, I would break it down into each card and the meanings. But 
this is how you really read tarot at the fundamental level. And if y'all could work with that, develop it and not manner it, plus adding your own experience of the cards, I think you'll get really far. And you know, I think that's very interesting, Urban Alchemist, because I think about language in general. Mm-hmm. Either you can learn phrases of languages and go, oh, well, I know some phrases, but you can't construct a sentence. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And that's what this is, is constructing sentences with cards. This is a language. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a grammar. You got to learn the rules of grammar. Yes. You got to learn vocabulary before you can read a book. And I would even go a step farther. When you think about language, you speak it before you read it. Mm-hmm. So it may be wise to have multiple readings done to experience what a card reading is truly like. Put yourself in a position to be able to receive the message that is being given. And now that you understand that, then you learn to read and construct a sentence and those things. And also when you think about just learning a language, you some people get afraid when they're learning a new language. Don't be afraid to be corrected. Don't right. be, you know, because that's going to happen. It is okay. Um, it's not someone trying to put you in your space or your spot or belittle you or berate you. But in fact, they want you to be greater. So they're just assisting you and helping you in constructing this. So I just wanted to say that, like, either you can learn the phrase and go, oh, this is the three of cups and this is what it means. Or you can learn to write the sentence, create the sentence, understand, break that that phrase down and understand why it is what it is. And then how it applies to you or someone else. You know, one little skill that we did, Queen, that a lot of readers don't do is we related the cards to each other in that simple little reading. We weren't mm-hmm. just reading individual cards. We were relating them because we talked about how earth and water interact. We talked mm-hmm. about the number three and how the, the number interacts with the elements. So it may seem basic, but by doing these little skills and things and like treating it like a language, which it takes time to learn a language. I can teach you, como estas, me llamo Gerardo. I can teach you that in like 30 seconds. Yes, you are speaking Spanish, but you're just saying a phrase. But to understand how to really speak it, you do have to, like, it requires time. So I love the way that you use that language example. And I'm sure Aphrodite will agree with her um, fa readings. Is that fa or with the... Um, OB or... With the OB, my, my bad. OB, yeah. Mm-hmm. It takes time to develop the language and understand it. it's not just... Yeah. And there's a side of it that is formulaic. And there's a side of it that is intuitive. And you got to develop both of those sides. So I see people leaning on one side. Either they say, I'm an intuitive reader, which means they're not skilled. (laughs) Or there are people who read by the book, but you haven't developed your own experience of the cards. And so the way that I'm recommending develops both things and makes you a stronger reader. So yeah. Y'all will be hearing more from me on this subject. This is all I can say in this episode, but you can see I'm very excited about it. And there will be more. I promise you that. Well, I would like to um, add a couple of things I think people need to also understand too. Because you mentioned like how the cards were complementing each other. Mm -hmm. 
When I got into tarot, it was spoken to me that tarot, when you're reading tarot, you are literally creating a narrative. When you're looking at your spread, whether it's three cards, four cards, seven cards, etc., give it a moment to understand the story. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at it, it'll tell a story. So it's not like Urban Alchemist said, you don't read this card, this card, this card, then this card. It is a story. Right. I see you coming here and then there's this and da 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 da. What is the story you either read it for yourself or that person, etc.? That is different than playing cards because playing cards literally is each card is a um almost a, a word, mm-hmm. okay, and or or a expression, and then that is how. But then those expressions can change. Like I tell people, the cat runs, okay, mm-hmm. but you add another card and the cat runs slowly. You know, with playing cards, so it's just really important to know that it is different. You must respect these different methods as they are. I think we hit a very beautiful point in discussing like understanding that you don't have to be intuitive. You don't have to interpret the car is right there in front of you, you know, and it's that right there. even the and, things that aren't there are there. You should read the things that aren't there as well. That's where a lot of people mess up. They're like, oh, well, it's just two cars. But it's like, well, you got earth and water, which means fire and air are not even considerations right now. So what does that tell you? This is going to be a thing of um, practicality and emotions. It's not going to be a thing of force or, you know what I mean? You can read things that aren't there as well. People don't read the negative space. Mm-hmm. And the skill you're talking about real quick, Queen, is called, I call it synthesizing. A good reader will really take the different pieces of information and weave them together into something that's understandable and digestible by the sitter. And that's a problem with a lot of, you see with a lot of um, astrologers, they'll be like, well, you have a um, Mars and Libra, and that means blah, blah, blah. And you have a blah, blah, but that means nothing to a sitter. You need to be able to take that information and synthesize it, pull it all together in a way that's meaningful for the sitter. And so that's a really good skill to have. But there's different styles of reading, like you were saying. So many different ways to read. Also, would like to mention that I actually will be releasing a tarot set. In my many, many, many years of doing business, I've created probably close to six or seven different tarot, oracle, divination card sets. And I actually Mm -hmm. had the Hulu Queen Tarot. And this was before I really respected terms uh, of the word tarot. And so I discontinued it because tarot is a system. Jayla, Mm -hmm. girl, listen, y'all, I apologize. She (laughs) She clearly does. But tarot is a a method. It is a system. It, It holds its own weight. So to call it anything outside of that and like the cards that I had created were more oracle cards than anything. Mm-hmm. And so because of this, it was like people bought this. I was like, well, what's the major arcana? You know, major arcana, <laughs> you know? And so it was like, we're, we have to remove that. So I'm actually, I have my playing cards. I have a set of mm-hmm. Oracle cards. 
and I am in the middle of creating a tarot. But this system, again, will be founded in the culture within the African-American diaspora with a focus within hoodoo. Mm -hmm. This is not, and I I will say this, and some people may get upset, but I don't care. (laughs) Just letting you know. But the truth (laughs) of the matter is that a lot of people have, if we got to be honest, I hear this so often. Oh, I didn't resonate with this because it didn't look like me. I didn't resonate because it didn't look like me. I don't. I didn't right. resonate with me <laughs> because you know or whatever. Well, the truth is, just because you paint somebody brown, it doesn't make it a different system. So Definitely. you essentially have a card set in blackface. Okay, essentially, literally, literally I mean, is what it is. Because you have it. <laughs> because there's no difference. Like you're still going with wands, and or you're still using the structure of yeah. this. And it's fine if that's what you need to tell yourself to read the cards or whatever. But the truth is, it is still not a system from you just because you paint it black or brown. Right. You know, that's a really good point, Queen. And that's one I did want to make. I'm glad you brought that up because, y'all, things are not what you want them to be. Hoodoo is not what you want it to be. It's it's not something because you want it to be. It It is. Hoodoo is hoodoo. Tarot is tarot, Obi is Obi, whatever. So like, it doesn't matter about if it resonates or not, especially not when you're beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. You need to learn this, the techniques and the system. You need to learn everything first. And then maybe you can put your own little spin on maybe, but like- remove, just- remove the entitled egotistical mentality that you can create what you want. Right. You want to be a master- you want to be a boss witch or whatever, <laughs> then you need to connect to a system that is there. You don't have to, you're making it harder on yourself. I was going to say you're limiting yourself. You're, you're limiting, limiting yourself. yourself you're making it harder mm-hmm. on yourself. It's going to take you longer because you're making the shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you got to be consistent with the issue that you're making. <laughs> Okay, (laughs) and that's just the reality of it. Or you could just connect to this and honor it. Why is that so difficult to honor? It is not difficult to just honor what is. But Mm -hmm. if we're going to be real about it, talking about cultural appropriation, like tarot is one of the biggest forms of cultural appropriation because people are just doing what they want. It's like, where's the respect? Where's the honor of it? Where's all of that? You know, if you really want to talk about it. So, yeah, I wanted to bring that up, like, because it's really important for people to 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 get that that's not how it goes down. So anyways, with my tarot set, it is going to be it is not there will be in the I call it tarot because there's a major arcana and a minor arcana. Mm -hmm. But the structure, the founding parts, the elements the 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 um signs the omens all of these things are all rooted within the African American diaspora specifically mm-hmm. with a focus in hoodoo mm-hmm. you know so for example if we're going to talk about pinnacles it's not going to be oh the suit of baskets yeah <laughs> or 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 the suit of or or the or for, or for the cups jars 
mm-hmm. or whatever. Like it's <laughs> the same thing. Like that's that's not any yeah. different. But so, for example, with mine, and this isn't it because I know someone would try to explore it and I'm <laughs> a set in a little bit. So my thing is, like, for example, though, you may have ten cards, but those ten cards will be different true elements from the culture. Yeah. Um, rather they are animalistic or tools, etc. So you probably won't have just one particular image that just multiplies the whole time. Right. Right. You know, whereas, for example, if you have the Huda Omen playing cards, you have Lavash, which is the um, Ace of, of Diamonds, mm-hmm. which talks about abundance because it's what cows were. Mm-hmm. But then you turn around and you have the Ten of Diamonds, but instead of me putting 10 cows on there, (laughs) it would just be cattle because Mm -hmm. your cattle showed even more well. Right. So it's like under, but again, people can't create sets and decks like that because they did not grow up in a space to do so. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and then people change the meaning in those decks too. Like you said, people just make stuff up. Like it's just funny. So like, yeah. And oh, let me give this last tip. I know we're coming towards the end. Like y'all start with a classic deck. Start with a classic deck. That means get your little fairy crystal mermaids decks too. That's cool. Those are collectors' items. There's a difference between a tarot collector and a tarot reader. There are lots of there are lots of tarot collectors that think they're readers. Yeah, but like when you're learning, <laughs> when you're learning tarot, get a classic deck. When I say classic, I mean Rider Waite Smith, Golden Dawn, Boda. You could do Marseille. I mean, that's not a great beginner deck, but you could do it. You could do. Um, those are like all the classic decks. So get one of those. But yeah. Wonderful. Um, I'm glad you like could you could you give could you give that a classic deck um list one more time so they hear them and so that you all can go in and grab one of those? Rider Wade Smith, that's the one. Really, that's the only one you should really get, to be honest. But you could do the Golden Dawn deck. You could do the Builders of the Aditum or Aditum. You could do um the Thoth is more advanced, but it is a classic deck. The Thoth deck. And um, the Marseille deck, the one from the Renaissance, the French deck. So those are all classics. Start there and then build your way out. But those other decks are more collectors. And those weren't even available until like 20 years ago. Before before 20 years, there really weren't that many options. But then now that anybody can make a deck and throw it up on Kickstarter. And and there's that part. (laughs) And I'm going to end with this as well. We're going to end with this. Mm -hmm. You do not have to be gifted your first tarot deck. Oh, thank God. Okay. It was during a time where, as Urban Alchemist just mentioned, where there weren't many. So to be gifted one is why that was a thing. And paper and all of those things, I can't remember the exact historical space of that. But you can, in fact, go purchase you a deck. You won't be cursed. Um, (laughs) You won't be cursed and crossed and none of those things. And more importantly, you need to be able to feel the energy of your of your deck. And and you may feel nothing. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. Use it. Begin to learn. And eventually the deck will come about. But to start out, definitely take Urban Alchemist's advice here with grabbing one of those starter decks. But all of that to say, um, we we are past time, so we're not going to do any pulls this evening. But how can everyone find you, Urban Alchemist, if they want to see more and learn more about your 
tarot reading style, etc. <laughs> Certainly follow me on Instagram at Urban Alchemist. I do offer readings and a bunch of other services. So come learn from the best. And Aphrodite, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at underscore Afroaphrodite underscore. And also on TikTok as Afroaphrodite. Yes. And for me, um, you can find me on YouTube at The Hoodoo Queen. Instagram at Conjure underscore South. You can click my link that bio on my Instagram. It'll take you to all the different magical spaces. If you're more interested in Cotalia, when I get to sit my crown down, down, down. Um, all day. <laughs> yes, indeed. You can find me at um, Cotalia underscore on IG. Cotalia on YouTube. Cotalia one on Twitter. And I think I'm just on Cotalia. Just type me in. I'll see y'all whenever <laughs> I see y'all. Whatever. So... <laughs> Thank you all so much for watching today or listening today. It's been a pleasure. I look so forward to next week. Many blessings to each and every one of you. And until next time, merci beaucoup. A bientôt, parle bientôt. Busy, busy. Bye. Bye-bye. Les semaines prochaines, we will discuss healing and grounding crystals and gemstones. Merci d'avoir.